Praise God. Praise God. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. So let us rejoice and be also glad in it. Every day is a new adventure with our Lord God Jehovah and uh, nothing is impossible for him. So that why don't we go into this sermon today as we are here going to church. Amen. Let us go into this service today expecting a blessing. We should always expect the blessing when we go to church. Let's expect a miracle. Let's expect to be healed. Healing takes place in many different forms. And uh, we can see that through the word of God, he is the answer. He has an answer for everything in our lives. So let's expect the healing today. Let him touch us, expect him to touch us, and all across this land, all across this world. And before we get into the message, and as we get into a level and attitude of expectation to be healed and to be touched by our Lord, let's join together in praise and worship in the name of Jesus. Keep coming, Holy Spirit, with the presence of the Father. Keep coming, Lord.
Praise God, oh, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, Lord, just heal us, oh, Lord, heal us. I pray in the name of Jesus, oh, Lord, God, as we've gathered here today, oh, Lord, God, in the name of Jesus, just let thy precious Holy Spirit go forth to every single believer and unbeliever that would be in the sound of my voice, oh, Lord, God. Let them be touched today by thy wondrous Holy Spirit, oh, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that we are able to gather together like this in the name of Jesus to praise you and to worship you and to partake of your word, O Lord God. We thank you for the cross on Calvary. We thank you for all of those things in our lives that we just take also for granted, O Lord. Every breath, every heartbeat, O Lord God, we praise you and thank you in the name of Jesus. I pray, O Lord God, that today, in addition to healing us and speaking to the hearts of your believers, those that are listening today, O Lord God, I pray that you search them, O Lord God. You search them. Give them a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit, O Lord God, to heal them on every level. To heal them physically, to heal them emotionally, to heal them financially, Lord God. To heal them for everything that is of need in their lives, O Lord God. Bring restoration to their souls, O Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O Lord. We magnify thy name and we glorify you, most magnificent God, because only you are worthy of our praise, O Lord God. So, Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord God. Take it where you will for your honor and glory and praise. I pray, O Lord God, that you search the hearts, O Lord God, because you know the needs, know the desires for every single person listening to this podcast here today. Speak to them. You know that Holy Spirit is not constrained by distance or time or space. So, Lord God, speak to them. Touch them, O Lord, in your own special way. Again, Heavenly Father, I give it all to you. Take it where you will, in the matchless name of Jesus.
Amen. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. Praise the living God. Again, welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. And as we move forward, we just want to reflect a little bit. Last week was Resurrection Sunday, and it was all about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as you may recall, after resurrection comes restoration. After resurrection comes restoration. Through salvation, God is restoring mankind after the sinful fall that Adam plunged all of us into. God will bring restoration to us and this country and the world. And we will recover from this virus that would be amongst us. God will restore to us all that has been taken away. Health, finances, freedoms, anything at all that was taken away, God will indeed restore. But in order to receive this restoration, we must be able to follow God. We must be able to follow God. And in order to follow God, we must be able to respond to his voice. The question would be then, well, how do we respond to his voice if we can't hear his voice? So the question is again then, how do I hear God's voice, especially during these challenging times? What is the key to hearing God's voice? What is the key to hearing God's voice? This is the subject of this sermon today. Now, I've preached on this subject before many times over the years, but because of what is going on in this country and the world, it really behooves us to think about this subject again. What is the key to hearing God's voice? Especially now, since our actions really require us to pray and to hear from God before we actually take any actions in our lives. Amen? So, as usual, let's start with the basics, and that is by going to the Word of God. Not according to my philosophy or words or thinking, but according to what the Word of God has to say. So let's turn in your Bibles. Go to John 10. John chapter 10. Amen? John chapter 10. And again, if you do not have your Bible, why don't you press the pause button and go and get it so you can read along with us and see and hear the word of God for yourself. Amen. Amen. It's most effective when you do it that way. Get your Bible. So John chapter 10 and starting with verse number 22. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not. Underline please. I told you and you believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not. Underline that please. But you believe not because you are not my sheep. Add that to underlining. But you believe not, because you are not my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Please underline all of verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I gave unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Again, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Okay? 
So the operative scriptures there is where it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So here right away now we see here Jesus is talking about hearing God's voice. Now go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, praise the living God. John chapter 1 and starting with verse number 6. John 1 verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Please underline, and the world knew him not. He was in the world, and the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. This was the Jews. Remember, he came first to the Jews, but the Jews did not receive him. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Underline, please. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power. He gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And he beheld his glory and the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness all we received and grace. And grace for grace. So here we see that we became his sons and daughters. The word of God says, if we received him, we became sons of daughters. Verse number 12, sons, uh, sons of God. Sorry. It's, again, it says, going back to verse number 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave, he power to become the sons of God. Okay? Amen? Amen? So you see there, that, that setting up right there is telling us that that uh, says in verse number uh, 22 through 30 of John 10, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And then here it's saying that those of us that believe, he gave us the power to become the sons and daughters of God. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have the indwelling Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit helps us recognize God's truth and his direction in our lives. Accurately hearing God's voice Accurately hearing God's voice is something that we grow in as we mature in the faith. Such hearing of God's voice refers to communing or interacting with God as we relate to him through Christ. And this is something that we grow in as we mature in faith. Your desire as a child of God was, it should be, not to remain a, a, a Christian babe, so to speak, but to grow as life progresses you as you're studying the word as you're communing with God as you mature in faith your hearing becomes more accurate also realize that sometimes people claim to have heard the voice of God tell them to do something when perhaps it was actually the voice of their own mind speaking amen amen so many times, and maybe you've heard it too, you've heard people say, well, I prayed about it and God told me to do so-and-so. God said to do so-and-so. That happens quite a lot. But sometimes it could be perhaps 
The voice of their own mind is what they hear speaking. The main way that God speaks to us today is through his written word. It's through scripture. So the Bible is the first place that we should look to hear God's voice. Remember here the question is, what is the key to hearing God's voice? The main way God speaks to us today is through his written word. So the Bible is the first place to start. Through the Bible, we are able to learn God's character and how he speaks. Through the Bible, we're able to learn his character. Let's go to Hebrews. Go to the book of Hebrews. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Hebrews, and we want to go to chapter 4. Hebrews 4. And we will start with verse number 9. Okay? Through the Bible, by, by going through the Bible, by reading the Bible, Bible, we're able to learn more about God's character and how he speaks. Verse number 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Okay? Read 10 again. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner, underline discerner, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Okay? Put a highlight around all of verse number 12 and read it again. For the word of God is quick. Quick meaning that it's a living word. It's alive and powerful. Do you ever read the Bible and reason, I'm just going to pause for a second here on the living part. I'm sure you've been reading the Bible for a while and you've read it from time to time. And how many times have you read a particular scripture and all of a sudden Holy Spirit really, really opens your eyes and reveals to you the meaning of that scripture? And even though you've read that scripture a dozen times over, at that particular moment, that word becomes alive to you. Okay? Because Holy Spirit has opened your eyes and, and, and has quickened you to understand what that word is saying. You see? So the word of God is not like reading a novel, you know, Gone with the Wind, you, you, know, you know, or any other, any other fictional uh, book that you read out there. And, and it just simply reads. Every time you read Gone with the Wind, it will read exactly the same way. There will be no revelations in it. Every time you read it, it will read exactly the same. With the word of God, that is not the case. So when someone says to you, you know, oh, I've read the book, you know, I've read the Bible, um, the book so many times from cover to cover, you know, from Genesis, Genesis to Revelation. I've read it so many times and so forth and so on. You can never stop reading the Bible enough because Holy Spirit will always reveal to you something specific and special to your particular uh, event or situation that is going on in your life. So therefore, the word of God is quick. It's alive and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavenlies, 
Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. When the Word of God says hold fast, that means really tightly hold on to that, that, that profession. Because if the Word of God is saying, to, sometimes it says to stand, okay, stand fast. And when it says to hold, if God is telling you to hold on to something, that means that there's a possibility that it could be taken away. That you could lose it. Okay? All right? If you're holding on to a rope and you're dangling there for dear life, you know, and someone is shouting to you, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's because there stands a good chance of you losing your grip and falling. So when the word of God says hold fast, that means hold tightly to your profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus experienced the same things that we experience in life. But he did not give in and sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Again, the operative words here that we're dealing with is indeed, are indeed in verse number 12. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. All right? Right? So we need to realize that that the, the Bible here, reading the Bible, is something that is so key to us hearing and understanding the word of God. Because it starts right in the written word of God. If we go to 2 Timothy, praise God, we go to 2 Timothy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Okay, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and go to verse number 11. Uh, go to go to verse number 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience, persecutions, afflictions, which come came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. Underline that, please. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. Regardless of what is going on in our lives, regardless of what is going in, on in your life personally, God will deliver you out of it. Verse 12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Jesus, in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. In other words, shall grow wax worse and worse, shall, shall, shall become worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is, Christ, which is in Christ Jesus. Under, uh, verse number 15, underline 14 and 15, starting with 14 again. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, underline, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So here it's saying that the Holy Scriptures can make you wise. Again, this is, is how you begin to learn and hear the voice of God. 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. All right? 
16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So again, as I said, starting out here, hearing and understanding the word of God starts right in the scriptures because the scriptures, the written word of God, it's alive and it's quick and it's powerful. The written word of God was given by inspiration of God through holy, by holy, by holy, uh, holy spirit. Okay. To the men that God chose to to pen to write these actually uh, to write these words are, uh, are into manuscripts. All right, okay. So we see again, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So the written word of God is very very important that we understand and seek the written word of God. Go through the word of God when we read the Bible with a heart seeking. Okay, with a heart seeking understanding. Okay, when you're reading the, the word of God, where you're actually seeking from it. One of the worst things or worst disservice we can do as Christians is to simply sit down to read the, read the word of God because it's, uh, let's say, oh, it's six o'clock. It's six o'clock PM, you know. I just got in. So before I eat dinner or after you eat dinner, whatever it may be at six o'clock, let me, let me spend ten minutes reading the word of God. Therefore, that is an exercise. Okay, it's an exercise. Getting back to the Gone with the with the Wind uh, book. That's like you saying, gee, this is a great book. I want to make sure I read some of this book, uh, uh, some of Gone with the Wind every single day. So at six o'clock, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to read for half an hour so I can finish another chapter. Okay, that's just you sitting down to read uh, read a book. When you sit down to read the word of God, you're talking about you want to know the key to hearing God's voice. When you sit down to read the word of God, first of all, you should pray and you say, Lord, speak to me through your word. Reveal unto me, open my eyes that I may see and hear and understand what your word is saying to me specifically. Okay? When you read the word of God with a heart that is seeking understanding, then you are really actively listening to God's voice. Alright? If you can get your mind to think and go beyond the fact that, you know, you know, take a look at your Bible right now as I'm speaking. What do you see before you? You see a bunch of written words on a, on a page, which is probably, the page is probably white or some shade of that. Okay, and you see a bunch of words. But you can get your mind past that and realize that what I'm reading here is more than just a bunch of printed words. That this is the voice of God that is speaking to me. Okay? Not like I'm reading Gone with the Wind. But it's like this is the voice of God that is speaking to me. Okay, so we need to to, to seek understanding when we start to read the word. The majority of God's will for our lives is already revealed in the Bible. All right, let me say that again. The majority of God's will for our lives, for my life, for your life is already revealed in the Bible. Our responsibility, however, is to obey what God has told us in its pages. All right, it's already there. Our responsibility is to, is to read and to seek understanding and to obey what God is, is, has written on those pages before us. Everything we think we hear from God must be compatible or in line with what he has already revealed to us. All right? Everything we think that we hear from God, it's got to be compatible. It can't be contradictory. It's got to be compatible in line with what he has already revealed to us. For example, if we feel God prompting us to do something, but it contradicts the word of of God, it contradicts the Bible, that message is not from God, as simple as that. Alright? If we feel God is prompting us to do something, I say again, but it contradicts the Bible, that message that we're hearing is not from God. Not from God at all, if it's it's contradictory. Alright? God can also speak to us through other people, you know. 
Right. God can speak to us. All uh, right. It can be in the form of a conversation with a friend or a counselor. Right. God can speak to us through a message that you're hearing from a pastor or a minister that's preaching. You know, or you can actually uh, 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 hear and get godly wisdom from godly advisors. All right. Now, all of the people that I've just mentioned here, you know, a, a friend, a counselor, a, a, a pastor, you know, a godly uh, advisor. Before you go seeking, you know, um, uh, input from other human beings, first of all, make sure the person you're seeking the input from is a godly person, is a believer, you know. I mean, gee whiz, you know, you wouldn't go, you know, and find someone that, that, that clearly does not believe in God. Or every time you start talking about, you know, Holy Spirit, you know, and Jesus being resurrected, they start rolling their eyes. You certainly would not go to that person to seek any kind of input or advice. Amen. So to make sure the people that you are talking to are godly people. But God will many times speak through another person. Okay. Sometimes another person, you, you know, will, will say something out of the, out of the blue, will actually coincide and, 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 and uh, go along with uh, uh, exactly what you heard God saying to you. All right, this is them acting in, conf- in confirmation. Okay, a human, another human being can confirm something that God has already uh, has already spoken to you. But again, it, it it should be and must be in line with His written word, with the word of God. Okay, and this can help you help you to interpret with what is being said. Sometimes, you know, hearing it from a third party, godly third party, sometimes that can actually help you to see some things um, that you may have been blind to before. Okay, including some hidden areas of your life, hidden areas of your own pride, you know, or or, or some of your your self-seeking motivations, you know. Sometimes God may use a person to reveal those things to you. But in either case, in the final analysis, what is being said as quote-unquote confirmation has to be in line with the word of God. And even when hearing from another godly person, you still have to weigh, as I said, you have to weigh it against the word of God. If the person is saying something contrary to the word of God, then that person is not hearing God's voice for you. All right. And I know, boy, it is so it is so so um, I don't know, so popular, if that's the right term, especially among our um, charismatic uh, born again believers uh, such as ourselves, um, that you may hear many times someone wake up, walk up to you and say, you know, um, I was at this Christian conference and so and so and so and so and so and so was speaking and uh, he gave a word, you know, and God told me to tell you this because this is this is a word for you. You make sure that when you hear that quote-unquote word for you, you make sure that word quote-unquote for you is in line with God's word and is not contradictory to what the word of God is saying, all right? And make sure that you pray and confirm what is being said to you. You just can't go listening to to anyone that comes along and says to you that, you know, God spoke to me and this is what God told me to tell you, all right? Another way to hear God's voice is through prayer, of course. This requires us to to quiet our hearts so that we may hear what he has to say and also being patient enough to wait for him. All right. It's very common to think that any time the Lord speaks, it will be a loud or dramatic event. But God rarely shows up in an an unexpected way, you know, or, or, or places you know, booming loud things. God is sovereign, I always say when I mention this. God is sovereign. He can do whatever he chooses to do. I'm not ruling out the fact that God may not speak to you in a God in a booming voice. But but rarely does he speak that way. The Lord visited the prophet Elijah 
when he was hiding in a cave. Okay, and let's turn to that scripture to see what happened. And I'm sure you are all very familiar with it, uh, with these events. But it's very important because it's it's a uh, it's uh, applicable to what we're talking about here today. Obviously, uh, one Kings nineteen, one Kings chapter nineteen. Okay, and just as a little backstory here, Elijah was. Uh, this is the great prophet Elijah now, okay? He was hiding out in this cave because uh, Jezebel had threatened him and so on like that. And so uh, with all of the mighty things he had done, you know, he slew the uh, 400 prophets of Baal and so forth. And and uh, now Eli, uh, uh, what's her name, Jezebel sent a message to him saying that, you know, the same thing you did to them, going to do to you, et cetera, et cetera. So, Poor Elijah, a mighty man of God, what does he do? He runs for the hills and he starts hiding out. So here we see, we're going to pick up in verse number 7. Okay. Um, matter of fact, let's, let's do 5, okay, because he's hiding out. Starting with verse number 5. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals. And a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat. Uh, he arose and did eat and went in the strength of that meat forty days. Strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave, and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou there here, Elijah? God is saying to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, tore the mountains and break into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Underline that, please. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, underline, after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, underline, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice, underline, please, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice, underline, after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so. When Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entry of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what doest thou here, Elijah? Amen. What doest thou here, Elijah? So you see the mighty things, the shaking of the mountains, the earthquake, the wind and the fire and so forth. God was not in that. Okay, when God was ready to speak to him, when God was speaking to him, he said, after the fire, a still, small voice. And then God said, what doest thou here, Elijah? You see, 
So God does not have to speak to us in these booming ways, but he can speak to us in very, very gentle whispers. God was in that whisper in verse number 13. He really rarely speaks in those booming voices. We must learn that we must be still. You know, I, you've all heard me say many times, Psalm 46.10 is, my, is my, one of my most favorite scriptures. Be still and know that I am God. You know, so many times, especially in this age that we're living in right now with this coronavirus and, and many people, and I, and I hope you're not one of them, are, are, are unemployed and, and, and you're wondering where money is coming from and how, when will this ever end, you know. And, and even, even if you aren't physically scrambling and running around because of the stay-at-home uh, directions for most of the country here, all over the country, even though you may not physically be running around uh, busy, 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 your mind is running around busy, busy, busy. Because you're trying to figure out, what am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do next week? How long is this thing going to last? You know, you know. If you've got small kids and, and, and for a dad that is staying at home, this may be the first time that he's been around his kids 24-7, you know. You know, if you're a working dad and a working mom, maybe because the daycare is out, maybe this is the first time that you've been around your kids 24-7 and they're running around the house and everything. How do you be still and know that I am God? You see? You see? But if we are running, whether it's physical running around or if we are mentally and emotionally running around and we're not being still, it's hard for us to hear that still small voice, which could be God speaking to you. You see? All right, all right. So first, you've got to, to bring it down a thousand. Bring it down. You know, you know, get some calm into your spirit. Make it, make it a conscious effort to, 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 to cut out some time where you're going to simply be still and know that he is God and listen for his voice. Okay? Right? And, you know, and it's so hard. It's so hard for us to do, but we need to figure out how we're going to do this. All right? And, 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 and I say to you that I was listening to a doctor talking the other day and he was saying that especially um, at this time that we are all home, that we need to, to make sure that we have a routine. Don't just get up any old time of day and not comb your hair and not wash your face, but get up in the morning, brush your teeth, comb your hair, get a routine going. Going. If you've got kids, set up some times where they're going to be doing their schoolwork. Most schools now are doing, uh, uh, you know, online studies and so forth like that. But get 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 some some structure to your life. Just don't drift, and make sure you include some time to be still and know that He is God. Okay. The other the other important uh, uh, aspect of hearing God's voice. Is, is, is to seek discernment. Okay? You have to seek discernment. You, you need discernment so that you can follow God's commands and be able to distinguish His voice from your own voice or that voice of the enemy. Amen? Amen? You need to have discernment so you can tell the difference. You've heard me say many times that, that we all hear three voices. You know, God's voice, the voice of self, and the voice of the enemy, the devil. This is the most critical part of being able to hear God's voice. With all that's going on today, we must be sure, absolutely sure, that you're hearing God's voice before you take action, direction in any particular way. Okay? If you're praying for, how do I, how do I, you know, manage this unemployment thing? How do I, un, how do I manage uh, the lack of money? How do I manage being able to get the things that I need? You need to make sure that you're hearing discernment and you're not listening to the voice of the enemy or of self. Discernment is the process 
of making careful distinctions in our thinking about truth. Okay? It's a process where we are are very, very careful, you know, in making sure we can weed out, separate the the wheat from the chaff here, okay, in, in, in thinking about truth. In other words, the ability to think with discernment is synonymous or it's the same as the ability to think biblically based on the word of God. Okay, all right. You have to develop this ability. You know, this is this discerning. Uh, uh, how how am I going to think biblically here, based on the Word of God? How do I develop a thought process that is not going to be uh, in line with you know what my next door neighbor says or what a family member says or some relative said? But but how am I going to discern something based on on, on the Bible, the Word of God? The Apostle John issues a similar warning when he says, "Do not believe every spirit." But test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That's in 1 John 4, verse number 1. You don't have to go there now, but I'm sure you've heard that scripture a dozen times. Do not believe every spirit. Test the spirits. Try them to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Okay. Now, a false prophet, you know, um, you know, in, in addition to a false prophet being someone that is prophesying in a false manner, uh, uh, re- relative to a, a sermon, you know, or or or, or, or speaking in, in in tongues, interpretation of tongues, or what have you, you know, a false prophet is someone that comes to you and says that God said to tell you so and so and so and so about your life, and it's not from God at all. Amen. That can be a false prophet in your life. So, again, you have to make sure that you're able to balance it uh, with the word of God in accordance with the word of God. OK. And, and, and you know, and according to 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 the New Testament, you know, what's written in the New Testament, discernment is not an option for the believer. <laughs> you know, you know, discernment is not an option for the believer. It's, re- it's a requirement. Right? If you're a believer, you cannot get through this life. You cannot be a Christ follower. You cannot be successful and, and victorious in, in the life as a Christian, as a child of God, without discernment. So it's not an option for you. You need to make sure that you have discernment, you know, that you're praying for. You're asking the Holy Spirit to touch you and speak to you. Open your eyes that you may see. Open your ears that you may hear and understand what you're seeing and hearing. Amen. Discernment is how we follow God's leading through the process of spiritually sensitive application of biblical truths to the situation in your life. All right. Let me say that again. Discernment is how you follow God's leading. All right. Through the process of being spiritually sensitive. All right. To the application of biblical truth to the situations in your life. Okay. In other words, something that is happening in your life. How does that line up with what the word of God is saying? Okay. How do I discern this? What is happening in my life is in accordance with the Word of God, or is something that God is speaking about in His Word that I need to do something about? What what is happening in my life, and how does that um, line up with what is happening in the Word of God? If it's something negative that's going on going on in your life, what does the Word of God say that I should be doing? You know, you know, am I missing something? Okay. So what's going on in your life, being that the Bible has outlined every, every, the Bible has outlined every possible circumstance in your life. The answers are there. It's just a matter of you discerning them and finding them. The answers are indeed there. Okay? And if you say, well, how can, how can you, you say that and be so specific about ABC that's happening in my life? The, 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 the foundation of the ABC that is happening in your life has a, has, has a common point, if you will, in the Word of God, 
And the word of God, God, the voice of God, can tell you where to find those answers. Amen? Word of God can tell you. We learn biblical truth by studying the Bible, which is God's word. How can you expect to, to recognize what is happening in your life and, and finding the biblical solution if you don't understand how to navigate through the written word of God? And the only way that happens is by you studying it. Okay, already. You know, you, you, you take the user manual for my car, um, and I've said that many times, the, the Bible is our user manual for life, if you will. Um, so many times, you know, the user manual for cars today are, gee whiz, I don't know what, it's about two, two and a half inches thick, perhaps. And I remember one time I had to re- really refer to it for a specific thing that was, was, was with the car and everything. And uh, um, after going to that spot to fix the, the problem, finding a solution, I know where to find, where I know where to find it. So I can open the Bible and go to chapter 4, that's where it is, and just go on and read what it says, it says to do. Do I know everything that's in that manual? No, I don't, because I have not read the whole manual cover to cover. Nor do I read it as often as I do the Bible. Okay? So what I'm saying to you is that the more that you read the Bible and you understand how to navigate your way through it, the closer you are to understanding what God is saying to you. And how you can hear God's voice and understand what it is that he's trying to bring to your attention or where he wants you to go. Discernment intersects the Christian life at every single point. At every single point, discernment intersects our lives. And God's word provides us with the needed discernment about every single issue of life. I can't say that more than, more than enough. Okay, Know that nothing is coincidental with our God. I don't believe in coincidences. Nothing is coincidental with our God. When we are intent on seeking him, he is faithful to be found. Why do I know that? Because God said so in scripture. If you seek me, you shall find me. All right. So you got something going on in your life now. Try seeking God. You know, you know, you say, oh, I want to hear God's voice. Oh, boy, that makes me feel so good. I can actually hear God's voice. Oh, boy, boy. But how are you doing? Are you seeking God? All right. Because if you seek him, if you look for him, you know, you will, he, will, he will find you and you will find him. Use the powerful tool of prayer, which is conversation with the one true and only God, to ask for wisdom in discerning his voice through scripture. Use prayer. God, give me wisdom to understand and discern. What is your voice? What is my voice? What is the voice of the evil one that is trying to lead me astray? Okay. All right. Let's go to Second Peter. Praise the living God. Second Peter. Second Peter and chapter one. Everything that we need, God has supplied us with. Second Peter one, starting with verse number one. Second Peter one one. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power has given unto us all things, please underline the word all, given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Let's read that powerful statement again. According as the, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Underline that too. That pertain unto life and godliness. 
through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Okay? Verse 4 again, whereby are given unto us, God has given unto you exceeding great precious promises. There's not minimal great precious promises or some, a few, but exceeding great and precious promises. Do you realize that when God makes a promise to you that you can take it to the bank, you can bank on it, it's real, okay? If God made a promise to you, that means that it's real. So when God promised that by his stripes you are healed, that means that, yes, indeed, you are healed. You have to claim it. That's your responsibility. Okay? All right? When God says to you that, that it is my will that you be, 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 be the, uh, the head and not the tail, that means that God's purpose for you is for you to be the head in charge of that, of that situation in your life. You shall be the victor and not the vanquished. You shall not be the loser. You shall not be the one that is vanquished. You shall be the one that will be victorious. You shall be the victor. That is a promise. So that means that it is indeed true. Okay. And it says there, it says, it says again, to read again, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers. Okay. Partakers. Partakers of the divine nature. That means you can, you, you can, uh, you, you can share in, you can take, you can receive. Of the divine nature. Okay? okay? God has granted us everything that you need in this life. Alright? You see, you see, it, it is through the true knowledge of Him that we have been given everything that we need to live a Christian life in this fallen world. Alright? But it, it's through the true knowledge of Him. Okay? So again, this is saying now, this is, I won't say implying, this is saying that it is through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, it is through the knowledge of God, it is through the knowledge of Holy Spirit, okay, that you've been given everything that you need to live a Christian life in this fallen world. We live in a fallen world. Everything you need is, is in the Word of God. It's in God. You just need to understand it so that you can hear His voice and act accordingly. Okay? How else? Do you have true knowledge of God? But through the pages of his word, the Bible. Okay? Right. How can you know? How can you have true, true, true knowledge if you're not understanding his written word, the Bible? Okay? And don't forget now, discernment, the ability to think biblically about all areas of life is indispensable to an uncompromising life. Okay? Don't forget that. Let's go to Ephesians and moving along here. Praise the living God. Oh, God is so good. Oh, so much meat. You're getting meat today to chew on. Who's ready to graduate from milk and get into some real meat here? The Word, the word of God has so many wonderful, awesome things and, and spiritual revelations to give to us if we are really, really seeking to know. Ephesians chapter 4. Okay. Ephesians chapter 4, and start with verse number 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, Tossed to and fro 
and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Okay? The lie in wait to deceive. It is incumbent upon the Christian to seize upon the discernment that God has provided for, for in his precious uh, truth. Without it, Christians are at risk of being tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every kind of doctrine. Okay? And I do see that so much as a pastor, as one, as one who has counseled. So many, and you've probably heard it too. How many times have people spoken to you erroneously about various things, things that they believe that the word of God is saying, and it is far from being true? You know, every single kind of doctrine, okay, the slight of men and cunning craftiness, the word of God says, whereby they lay in wait to deceive, to deceive, okay? You know, sometimes when you hear these weird doctrines, you know, from people or from churches or from belief systems, other belief systems and whatnot, some of, some of it is strictly out of sheer ignorance of the true word of God. Some of it is, some of it is indeed because of ignorance. But then again, as the word of God here says, though by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Some of this doctrine that is not in accordance with the true word of God here is by design. Some of that doctrine that you may hear out there, these things that just don't make sense because you are a child of God and you know what the word of God says. Some of those doctrines indeed, you know, like I said, sometimes it's out of ignorance. All right. Some people don't know, but sometimes it is by design to deceive you, to deceive you, to get you away from the truth. To get you to the point where you don't hear from God, you start hearing from the devil himself or listening to that person that is perpetrating that false doctrine, that erroneous doctrine. You start following them and then you really, really wind up in, in a bind. Okay, so some of it, some of it, some of it is indeed by design, but he's telling us to, to, to be careful. Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children. So don't act as children, you know, desire to the meteor things of the word of God. You know, you don't want to just be fed you know, on milk, you know. If you're hearing the same kind of sermon, if you're reading the same kind of, 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 of Christian material, if you're reading the same thing, which is covering the basics and whatnot, then it's very, 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 very possible that you indeed could be caught up in that like a child and you wind up being tossed to and fro. You know, you see, so, so in us, in us wanting to hear the voice of God, we have to, to want to seek and understand God. And, and that starts with his word. And understand, you know, your desire every day that you pray and you go to church and you, you read the word and you're studying the word, your, your, your desire should be to grow, you know. Lord, I want to know more about you. Lord, I want to know the deeper things of you, you know. You know? Think about some of those questions, you know, that just really kind of boggle the mind. You know, there are so many things. There's no doubt that God cannot download to us. We don't have the mental capacity to download all that there is to know about God. But there are so many little things about the universe that I ponder and I often think about. I ask God about, you know, you know, when I get to heaven, boy, oh boy, he's going to have to tell me, OK, move along, son. Let me talk to someone else. Amen. Amen. But but you've got to get to want to know the deeper things of God, the meatier things of God. So that you are not one that is tossed to and fro like a child. 
Again, okay. So again, so again, discernment is critical for us knowing God's voice, separated from the voice of self or the devil, or of uh, all of this particularly needed. All of this is particularly needed for this day and age when we're struggling with what we're struggling with. You know. Another helpful strategy is is to tr- try journaling. You've heard me talk of this before. Journaling. Write out some of your prayers to God and keep track of what you think God is saying back to you. You know. When you write down the things uh, that you think God may be saying to you, you can go back to them later on and see how God worked things out and how he and, and be encouraged afresh in your faith. You see, you know, so if you're journaling, journaling, you're keeping track of things that you're writing down and you see how God has answered prayer in your life, how God managed the situation. That is something for you to go back on and remember and reflect on when there becomes a new situation in your life. Because as a child of God, we always have new situations. Jesus said that you shall have tribulations, okay? But he is greater than the world, amen? So yes, while we have tribulations, that is not the end game for us. We have a tribulation, but we run to the word of God. We run to God. We seek Jesus. We seek Holy Spirit. We consult, consult, consult with God in the written word so we can be victorious over that situation. Writing that and capturing it down in a journal, you'd be surprised how that can help you. All right, you know, and in this day of day, day and age with so many electronic devices, I mean, with all that cell phones and tablets, et cetera, like, et cetera, you can dictate your journal for playback later on. You know, instead of taking time to write something down on, on some pages, grab your, your phone and go to the recording section there, you know, and record something, set up a little journal, your tablet, so you can refer back and see how God brought you out of the situation. You know, you know, so many times, and you, many of you have heard me say this from the pulpit so many times, you know, you know that, that um, first of all, we should thank God when God does bring us through a particularly trying situation, okay? And then later on, when another situation comes up, do like David did. What did David say to Saul? He said, the same way that God delivered me from the lion and the bear, okay, I shall overcome this Goliath. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. All right. But David was recalling how God brought him through the battles he had with that that bear and that lion. And he's saying the same way God is going to deliver me uh, from this Goliath and I'm going to beat him. Amen. And again, I'm roughly paraphrasing. Well, it's the same thing with us. When God blesses us with something and makes us victorious in a situation, you know, mark that in our memory sometime or in this case, journal it. Write it down someplace so that when another situation comes up, you can go back and remember how God brought you through it. You know, and that God, and know that God will indeed bring you through this particular situation also. Alright? Anytime that God speaks to us, it must always be in agreement with His Word. Alright? Knowledge of the Word and, and discernment help us to better learn how to hear and recognize the voice of God. While it can be tempting to think that we need a specific direct word from God in order to make any decision in our lives, Many times God has already given us the information to act. Okay? All right? All right? Sometimes, you know, we run to God and, and say, all right, I need to know exactly, exactly, specifically, you know, what it is that you want to say to me, God. And many times God has already given you the information to act. Okay? As a matter of fact, in, in doing that, um, many times, you know, people use that as an excuse to remain stagnant. Or to, 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 to put off making, making a decision. Or, on the other hand, to actually make an unwise decision. Okay? Because while they are waiting on God, while they're waiting to hear from God, when in fact they, they, they are just refusing to obey what God has already commanded, or are hesitating out of fear. Alright? 
So many times people say, oh, I'm waiting to hear from the Lord on this. I'm waiting to hear from that. And many times it's because some Christians, you know, they just want to hear what they want to hear from God. God gave them direction. God gave them instructions to do. But that, that's not what they want to hear. So they're, they're saying to themselves even, you know, well, I'm waiting to hear from God. You know, or maybe they're talking to another person about a decision that they need to make. And they're saying that, yeah, I'm waiting to hear from God on that. Waiting to hear from God. Well, actually, God gave them a decision. God gave them where he wants them to go. All right. But either in disagreement or out of fear, out of fear. And let me just say as a side note there that whatever God, the voice of God tells you to do, don't fear it. Because God is never going to send you into a, into a situation or on a place or on a mission or whatever God is telling, telling you to do. He will never tell you to do something that you're going to fail at doing. All right? We don't have a God that does stuff like that. No way. No way. You may be fearful, but just know that God said this is what I need to do. And so, therefore, I'm just going to do it because God knows what the future holds. God knows what he wants me to do. So, therefore, this must be a good thing, even though right now it's a fearful thing. But this might this must be a good thing. Otherwise, God would not tell me to do it. Simple as that. God does not send us into the mouth of a lion to be devoured. Amen. While we certainly should pray over important decisions. Don't get me wrong. Now, while we should certainly pray over important decisions. And many times we do need to wait to hear from God and his direction. There are many other times where we've already been given the direction and we need and we, we need to simply move forward. God has given us many clear instructions in his word. And these give guidance in many of the decisions that we make on a daily basis. Amen. They give us guidance. You go to James. Go to the, let's go to the book of James. Praise him. book of James and we want to go through go to one chapter one James one James chapter one and verse five if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him highlight or bracket that particular verse all right. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. We all know how important wisdom is, and that's a sermon, a whole different sermon unto itself, so I won't get into that right now. But you know how important wisdom is. And if you lack it, it says to ask God, and he gives to all men liberally. All right. It shall be given to you. Seek him. When we, we practice hearing God's voice, we can ask him for wisdom in any situation in our lives. Again, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously. Okay? You're in a situation you're praying about, ask him for wisdom on how to deal with that particular situation. God gives us the freedom to make decisions, but he is faithful to guide us in the way we should go. Okay? See? Now, again... Think about this for a moment in wanting to hear God's voice. God starts speaking to you. You check it with your word, with the word of God, the written word. And yes, indeed, it's God. God still gives you the choice to follow what he's saying. Amen. The choice is always there for you to follow what he's saying or to go in some other direction. Amen. That's why this takes some, it, it, it takes some um, fortitude on our part as Christians 
to make sure that if I want to hear from God and if God is speaking to me, that I have to make a decision beforehand that I'm going to do what God is telling me to do. Because he gives you the freedom to make the choice to follow what his voice is saying or not. Okay. In closing here, let's go to um, Isaiah 30. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 30. Oh, thank you, Lord. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Isaiah chapter 30. And we want to go to verse number 15. Isaiah 30, verse 15. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, and you would not. But you said, No, for we will flee upon horses. We will flee upon horses, therefore shall you flee. And we will ride upon the swift, therefore shall they that pursue you be swift. One thousand shall flee at, flee at the rebuke of one, and at the rebuke of five shall you flee. Till you be left as a beacon upon the top of a mountain, and as an ensign on a hill. And therefore will the Lord wait, that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. Please underline. Blessed are all they that wait for him. Blessed are all they that wait for him. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. He will be more gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet shall not thy teachers be removed into a corner any more, but thine eyes shall see thy teachers. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk you in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. Please highlight all of verse number 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, Hallelujah, this is the way, walk you in it. This is the way, walk you in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. Okay. So regardless of what is going on, it says that, that, that the Lord shall, shall uh, give us the bread of adversity and the water of affliction. Okay, but... Your ears, you shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk you in it. Amen? Amen? So when you have things going on in your life as we move forward, you can trust on the fact that he guides us by his word, by his voice. We can trust that as we practice listening and spending time in his word, that we will, we will indeed be able to recognize his voice. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. This is so much needed in this day and age. This is so much needed with what is going on. Listen to the voice of God. Listen for the voice of God. And he will direct your path. Amen. We shall be restored as a nation. We shall be restored as a world. And I'm praying that out of this that we have many, 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 many more that do not yet know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that they shall they shall repent and come to know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
I pray that this is a time that we can, we can get on our knees and follow the voice of God. Call out to him. Let him guide us day by day by day by day. There are many unknowns out there as far as the science is concerned, as far as medicine is concerned. There are so many unknowns out there. But one thing we do know, that we have Lord God Jehovah, and nothing is too hard for him. Nothing, absolutely nothing. So again, remember, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Praise God, praise God. Heavenly Father, we just praise you and magnify thy most glorious name. We thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord. And we pray that as we close from here, O Lord, that the words that we've heard today, O Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we keep these words deeply, deeply planted within our spirit so that these words cannot be stolen away by the evil one if and when adversity should arise in our lives, O Lord God. Heavenly Father, we seek your face. We desire to hear your voice. We desire to commune with you, O Lord. Pour out thy Holy Spirit upon us all and bless us and watch over us. I pray in the name of Jesus that as you go forward through the balance of the day and the week ahead, that God will continue to encamp his host of ministering angels round out about you to keep you safe from harm, seen and unseen. Go forth this day in the name of Jesus Christ and be blessed knowing that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you, and that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Go forth this day and be blessed in the matchless name of Jesus. And all together the church said, Amen, Amen, and Amen.